Hey everyone, I'm your host Loic Meyer and today we are talking with the Swiss slalom skier Tanguinet. We are in Sion after uh, two good days on the glacier and uh, now we are enjoying a little lunch before having a break for the next few weeks. So welcome Tanguy for this third episode and first guest outside of the GS team. Hey, thank you Loic. I'm uh, really excited to be on this podcast with you. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah. So we know each other from a long time actually. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite we, a while. We were born the same year. Pretty much, what, 20 days difference? Yeah, something Pretty like that. Something, something like that. Um, actually, also really close to here. You know, yeah. in Sion, in the middle of the valleys. And I wasn't born here in Sion, but... Uh, I wasn't born here either, but that's where we, we met. Always <laughs> on <laughs> the slopes. <laughs> that's how we met the first time. <laughs> a while back. Uh, it was for kid race, I think. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Maybe the, the local championship, but I remember we raced. Uh, you were really good. You were, you were always the best. I was, I was always third, fourth, fifth, or whatever. Um, but I remember after the race, you know, I only saw you skiing. But one time you're like, "Hey guys, I know the, I know the place here. Follow me." And uh, we skied down La Piste de l'Ours, <laughs> which is, which is a, actually a well-known uh, course. Yeah. Um, really big one, really known, right up Sion. And um, you took me places that, you know, I would, first of all, never been, uh, but also it was, it was pretty dangerous. But you were just jumping, um, you, you knew all the branches, you know, all the jumps, all the rocks. Uh, and I try to keep up, but yeah, it's pretty tough. And that day I was like, I. He's gonna he's gonna be a good skier. He's, he's you know, <laughs> might not be a slalom skier, more like a speed skier. Um, but you had something pretty crazy. It helps to live there and to grow up in, the, in that forest skiing. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I enjoy I enjoy that because most of our teammates then, you know, they didn't really want to get injured or anything. That's no, true. But we always share that common. We share that, that passion actually to go ski for self as well. Yeah, my my father always said. You know, you, if, if there's a powder day, we're not training, we're, just, you know, we're, we're skiing powder. And I've, I've done that ever since. Even on the World Cup, uh, I think there's a good example of us in Japan. Uh, if, we can, if we can go have a powder day, we're, we're going to do it before training day. You don't go to Japan to race without entering the powder before. Exactly. That's Even though this year was the worst year for powder <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> I did try to tell my coaches that, you know, I wanted to do some powder but they always have a problem understanding that yeah. in the beginning but once they know that it's what you need to be fresh at the start it's good the, the mental space is the most important I agree especially in the winter definitely definitely and also remember we went our first holiday with friends together yeah we, we did. went to surf in France yeah we did we went we didn't uh, catch a wave either but <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a tough it was a tough time there but it, it was definitely some good old days, I remember. Yeah. How long was that? Seven, eight years ago? Something like that, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like. But I'm we were I'm 17 actually. Right. right. So five, six years ago. Exactly. Five six, years ago. Yeah, five, six years ago. I'm, I'm excited to see you again because for a while, you know, you were racing the World Cup. I was yeah. in the US and now it's. Oh, you been were not what? in the US yet. No, I was not, but you know, the last four yeah. years, I would. That's we true. Were. That's true. So actually, you have a special path to the World Cup. You left in 2016 for America and attended school over there. So why? Why did you leave Switzerland, actually? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good question because, you know, we have mountains here. 
Um, we have um, a really good team. We have really good infrastructures. We have also good universities. The problem there is that um, I was kind of in the middle. I was not, you know, I was trying to follow your path, obviously. Uh, you went on to the World Cup really quickly. Actually, yeah. I think what's... I was already in World Cup when you went to America. Exactly. And when I thought about it, you know, uh, I was still racing fizz. I was coming back from injury, a uh, really big injury. And you had a um, bad crush here in Comontana. Comontana, again, just above Sion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that changed my mind in a way that I was like, okay, Swiss ski is probably not going to work out uh, after I'm done with my maturity. Um, and so I needed a plan B. Um, plan B was to go to the US and see how it was over there. Um, that, you know, the season went well too, and I got accepted in the US. I did. I was not sure I was going to go there first because you know it's some sacrifices, also really expensive. Um, but then eventually, um, the plan B turned out to be a plan A um, because in, when, when you get to the age of 18, 19. Uh, it's really tough to make yourself a name in the Swiss team. Uh, you know, you're, you're racing Fizz, sometimes Europe Cups. Europe Cups, you start 80, 90, and it's really tough conditions. I'm sure, I mean, you've been through that, so yeah. yeah. I mean, in Switzerland also, what's different from small countries is that we have so many people that can race fast. It's really dense. To get your spot, that's what's hard. Right. You, you need to prove that you're faster than all the others. When in some countries, maybe it's a bit easier to get there. Definitely. You get more your chance, actually. Right, right, exactly. But so my, my plan was to race the Norams over there and um, make some good points that would allow me to bypass the Europa Cup. Um, I was not sure that was going to work. Um, I just, you know, had the intuition that it, it might be good. And, and really, it was so much sacrifice that I really went there for three months. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take it term by term or month by month. Uh, and if I really like it, uh, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll stay there. Yeah. So my first winter there, I really liked it. Uh, so then I did a second year there, and that went really well. I was um, national champion over there, so college at national champion. And um, then I had good points, and then they allowed me to race in Levy yeah. for the first time in 2018. True. And that's first where we World met Cup. again. <laughs> <laughs> I always see each other a few times before, but... On the where we got to, that's where we got to spend a bit more time again together. Yeah, but that's, that's where true. we got to ski against yeah. each other again. Yeah. That's true. Did I beat you that day? <laughs> no, you didn't. I think I didn't. I think, I, I I think, think that's when right I finished six. Yeah, something like that. I knew I was the fourth Swiss. Is it, is it when it... Yeah, it was when Daniel finished fourth, yeah. Luca fifth, and me sixth. Luca? I thought it was just Raman. No, I... Raman oh, is Haman. faster yeah, than that's me. True. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how it was, but we were like three in a row and then you were right behind for right. the first World Cup. Exactly, yeah, 11th. So that was that was unexpected. I remember actually when you when we looked at you for the first, as in the team hospitality, we were looking at you and we were like, no, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> Is he really gonna do it? <laughs> he, 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 he was so slow at the training the last few days. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember yeah. no, so, preparation, you so were, the, you were yeah. Like But the story of that first World Cup, and, and that's where I, my understanding to ski racing really just, you know, I, I don't get it anymore, is uh, six weeks before Levy, so before my first World yeah. Cup, I got injured, uh, tore my uh, some, yeah, some small ligament yeah. in, the, in the ankle, and then, you know, four weeks without walking, then two weeks training. <laughs> slow training. <laughs> and slow training is really tough conditions. And then got to the race, 
and um, yeah, I was like, all right, I probably don't have a chance, but I'll just do whatever I did in the U.S. Yeah. And that worked. I, 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 think, I think when I'm when I'm faced when I'm facing the wall, that's where I perform the, the most. The and best. I remember us talking before that, and you being like, okay, I'm just gonna be relaxed, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and you actually, you I, I, I asked you, I was like, how was your first yeah. walk up? How, well, actually, I, I don't think I asked you how was your first walk up. I asked you how was it the first time you made it to the top 30? Because that took you a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> that took me quite a Like, my first walk up was 2015 at LBNGS, and the conditions were so bad that only BIP31 came into top 30 because one guy went out in top 30. Mm-hmm. Although nobody came in, so it was almost impossible. But like racing your first World Cup in front of a Swiss crowd, it was like big difference. It was quite overwhelming, I would say, right. because you have everything new yeah. around it. And then, uh, then my first Alboda, and I, I heard my friends when I was in the starting gate <laughs> screaming at the microphone. Exactly. <laughs> so you can see what, I, what I'm talking about when you say your first walk up and you get there <laughs> in a little bullet. Yeah, no, I, I totally And then actually, you. I was top 30 in Alta Badia, but I straddled the last gate. Oh, I saw, I remember that. I was like 22 was really for the first time, and I straddled the last gate, so... Would you say that's a rookie qualified? mistake? I don't know, everyone was putting way too much direction, and then I, then I saw Justin Merizier go pretty straight, and I was like, all right. That's the line I gotta take. I'm not here. I'm not here to to go safe. Came on that last bump and I saw the gate. I was like, "Holy crap! I'm never gonna make it." And I came straight in the middle of the gate. So you took the bad line line. Yep, definitely. Or the the Maro Caviezel line in yeah. Bingen in the Huchov this year. Exactly. exactly. That type of yeah. line. <laughs> and then uh, it took me actually until almost the end of the season to make my first point. And then second time I was in the point, I finished tenth. Okay. So then that was good. That's not and bad. And then yeah. uh, a year later, I entered top thirty. Well, but, not as cool as but getting But my, my, 11th, my right? first, <laughs> my first season, I was like always 31, 32. Yeah, I remember. I was watching every time. It was, it was frustrating because Rapa Cup went pretty easy for me. Came there with his beep 49, came in nine, I think, and second Rapa Cup, I was on the podium. Hmm. So then you know you come in World Cup and you're like, okay, I just gotta do what I gotta do and it might work, <laughs> and it didn't work at all. Mm. And then you start asking yourself some questions, right. and so yeah, it's a different path, and that's yeah, when raised, you learn. That's I when raised, you learn, actually. I read three Europa Cups my whole life. Only three. Only three. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, slalom, sorry. Yeah. A little more GS. But like, you also always had a bit that American mentality. So well, I, f- I feel like with you being in Switzerland and going to America. Is actually fitting together because right. you have a little bit. Do you, do you think I had it even before I left? Yeah, definitely. Right. That's why I try to tell them, but they would never listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. Some of them told me that they expected some classic European when I got there, yeah. and by that they mean you know pretty selfish <laughs> and uh, really just focusing on themselves mm-hmm. and really training hard yeah. and everything. I, I don't think I fit in that category. Uh, no, no. And I don't think I ever have. No, uh, you haven't. I'm not sure why, but I, I guess maybe you my haven't. you know my sister was born in in America, so maybe that's why we have some something like that in the family. But but actually, yeah. what, I always loved Bodie Miller though. What did you learn from school in America that helped you reach World Cup? 
Uh, a lot, a lot. That I, what I keep saying is, you know, when I was, when I was really young, at, at, you know, when we first raced together or against each other, I beat you maybe once or twice, but that was only happening because, you know, I was relaxed, whatever it was natural for me. But, but all the other time, especially the time in Fizz, I was trying to fit in some sort of standard yeah. European way that, that also technically and my coaches were not the best and everything. So lots of excuses. Um, but then when I when I got there, I was I could be myself, yeah, in a way without any sticker on my forehead, and I could just express it like that. And the team really supported me in that way. Mm -hmm. um, Brian McLaughlin, Thomas Wilson, they were they were my two, you know, the two older guys in the team, and they they kind of helped me you know, do whatever I wanted to do. And the mentality also in the U.S. is more like it's like Bodie Miller. You know, they, they, they all dream about Bode Miller and, and that idea of risking it all. He's an icon. I, I, exactly. And, and, and I think I, I kind of got the idea there. But what, what I keep saying now, especially, is that there's, there's the, you know, here I, my name is, I go by Tanguy, which is my, my name in French. Uh, but of course, when, when you're there, they can't say Tanguy. You know, they say Tanguy, <laughs> whatever. Um, so there I go by Neff. Yeah. And usually when, so, so that's been developing for the last four years, but when I was at the start and when I am now at the start in the World Cup, it's Neff at the start. It's not, yeah. it's not Tongi anymore. Tongi is like a nice guy, played music, uh, listened to the rules, not every time, but you know. <laughs> Whereas Neff is more arrogant. And again, that's still potentially a person, like a, like a, a facade. Um, but I'll, I'll be more confident. You, and when you, I'm you at yourself. the start... Maybe not myself, just a different part of myself, the competitive part. Yeah, but the, the but competitive also start that only comes out in yeah. race. Okay, yeah. And I really developed it over there, and I had the confidence to do it because everyone was, you know, supporting that in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you also yourself in a way that you don't care what the others are doing. For example, me, I'm going 20, 25 minutes before my start in order to warm up. <laughs> you come always last minute. And you're going for it without warming up at the start you warm up maybe in the bottom or something but you come always last minute right and some people will tell you ah it's risky and it's not good yeah. but actually no i have I've, it's, it's how you are and I how you need there, to do it you're right and i get there and i have full confidence yeah. whatever i can do and it doesn't work all the time and and it never will uh hopefully it will work more more and more often but that's the that's the net yeah. confident gets there does does whatever doesn't think and, and actually my coaches and you know Matteo our coaches actually he, he always tells me don't think that's like the only thing he says don't think so I'm, I've been you know working on that and it's easier when you're in an environment where it's really supportive over there and that's why I really liked this season for example I went back to Canada raised some norms uh, I went there for the GS uh, one of them was cancelled but just the atmosphere there and that was after the first two World Cups that I didn't I didn't start that well this season and I got 20 something in Levy and then in Badizé I DNF I straddled and then I went to Canada and I was like alright reset let's think like this let's not let's not you know make too much of a big deal in our head which is how the, the team kind of you know how in Europe it yeah. kind of is like more competitive more serious yeah, and, and you so World Cup so you feel like you need yeah, exactly. to perform and then you, and get, you yeah. put your pressure yeah. th that pressure on yourself and then once I went back you know I was like oh wait we can we can do this relaxed uh, met all my, like saw all my friends and that was that, that was a great time, 
thank you to my, my ski club who allowed me to get there, um, the SAS. And then, so when I came back, it was the first races in January. Was it Zagreb or Zagreb. Madonna? First one, Zagreb. First one is Zagreb, got 20th. Skied well, the result was not awesome. And then after that, I think it was Madonna. Yeah. Madonna, I got six, and that was best, the best result. And that was only one or two weeks after, yeah. you know, the, the break, yeah. uh, the holiday break. In holidays, we, we skied in Avola and ripped powder. So, so yeah, optimal was not just the same thing as it was for my first World Cup, um, but it worked. It was maybe not optimal physically to be fit and everything, but mentally, for example, yeah. that was the best. That's exactly, and, and we get back to our trip to, to Japan. Um, too bad the race got canceled, and all the races after that got canceled. But for, for the head, that was really good, you know. Because after actually, a really stressful month of January, you get a time to reset. I mean, you're, you're doing a, a bigger program. You're doing Super G, you're doing all these GS <laughs> really well. Yeah, I'm doing it. And, a, and a so, so you don't have that much time to breathe. But I, I, I assume you, you, know, you also have no, to I take a time to reset. I feel like you need to be fresh physically at the start in order to perform. But mentally, it's as important, if not more. Right. Because you need to be there and to be 100% focused. You need to be, to be ready to commit. To everything that's gonna happen in the in the run, you need to be strong mentally. If you first have a first run, you need to handle the second run. Right. And it's all stuff. If you're too tired mentally, you won't be able to do. Right. Well, confidence is what's most important. Yeah. And how do you get there? That's really individual. Yeah. I respect everyone that does it their ways. Um, it's it's just you know we have our styles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so you I would. Guess that's the American style. You would recommend going to America for anyone that needs to find themselves maybe on the path and to... I don't know if it's finding themselves, but um, if they feel like the Swiss system or the European system is not really giving them the opportunity, mm -hmm. try it out, you know, go so see what it is. You know, a few you skiers that right. did it. And, and <laughs> a lot of successful <laughs> skiers. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a lot also in, in Canada, in the US, like there, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of names that were really successful. Um, also going to my school, Dartmouth, yeah. um, where we have uh, Andrew Weibregd, who, you know, <laughs> had a couple of Olympic medals. Um, Dave Shodansky was a really good slalom skier. They all went to Dartmouth. So I really didn't land in the wrong spot. Uh, but then even now you have Trevor Phillip, Eric Reed, uh, all these guys that are yeah, doing top 15, top Life before you that. You had uh, Norbotten went as well Yeah, America. Lots of Norwegians. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Norwegians have the best team in a way, Swiss teams were the best, obviously, but uh, the Norwegian team are really strong. And that shows that, you know, it, it's possible. And, and I, I was really lucky that Swisski really supported me yeah. in that time, because I was over there during the year, but I was training with the Swiss team in the summer. Yeah. And that was really important, that was crucial. And I was still part of the Swisski team during the whole time. I think uh, that's what's most important before you leave, to be discussing with all parts. Right in order to be everyone on the same page and that everyone knows why you do it and help you in which way they can. Right, and, and, and uh, on top of the sport aspect, you know, you said, would you recommend it? Um, in Switzerland, if you want to study, because uh, it's more and more the trend to do a maturity and then go to university. Yeah. And more and more people do it. But if you're an athlete, the Swiss system doesn't really fit. Uh, they're not gonna, the prof professors are not gonna be understanding of your situation. Some of them are. Some systems are doable, but it, it's really not high quality. Yeah. You don't get the full experience. Whereas in the US, they, they have years and years of, of experience in that matter. Uh, they have a whole system uh, that you know has its problems for sure, 
but it, it's there and it, it, is, it works really well. It's there to help you progress. Exactly. And, yeah. okay. and actually, it's good also to have a, a backup plan. If skiing doesn't work or yeah, if something happens, yeah, you exactly. have a paper and you have a degree actually that exactly, makes you happy as well. Exactly, because skiing, you know, it's, it's a tough sport and it can, it can go one direction or the other in a split second. In a club of finger, it can. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you, yeah, and, and that, that also helps, that also helped me kind of get the stress out uh, at the start of my first walk up. Yeah. I'm not thinking like most of the Swiss, I assume, and maybe that was your case, thinking like, no. oh, I need to qualify, otherwise I'm not going to get another chance. No, that's, no. I, some people for, do. For, for me, not, but I... Uh, you can imagine I how, know like, some, some athletes exactly. that hit up. Uh, yeah. For me, I was like, oh, well, if I don't make it. Maybe I'll get another chance. I, I knew I probably wouldn't get another chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, if it doesn't work, then I'll just be a student. Yeah. And, and that's something I accepted a long time ago. And that also relieves me from yeah. a lot of things. Uh, of course, this year, things change. You know, uh, I was fourth after the first run in Alboden. And I was going race. down. And you know, I was like, all right, I can, I can be on the podium. I can win this race. And what I, I'm sure you had that before. You kind of realize, okay, I can win. That's a different, you yeah. know, you're going in a yeah. different, you're yeah, building in different. You come in World Cup, your goal is to qualify. And then you're like, okay, I gotta do top 15. And then you right. wanna do top 10. And then suddenly, when you're so close to the podium, you're like, all right, actually, I, I can do even better than that. Right. And Adelbo then were four Swiss in the top five. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was, was awesome. And no Swiss had won in Adelboden for yeah. how many years? 14 years? <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember like how many. No, it was. 11 12 years yeah a lot of daniel he that was strong of him because we, <laughs> yeah. we all we all went back in the second run you went out right i went back to nine right come on i don't remember no, but the, exactly. the pressure is you know as you said you raised your first walk up there the, the public is is so crazy there yeah um and like no other place especially as a swiss and i think you you i remember you telling me that alabodan is the most important weekend for you uh, if you take out Olympics and World Championships, yeah. but m most important, you know, World Cup race. Yeah, because it's like, of course, when you're at start gate, your goal is always to be the fastest in the battle. That's not never gonna change, right. wherever you are in the world. <laughs> That's true. Public, no public. Your goal is to beat the others to be as fast as possible in the finish. But then, in Adelboden, you have all the side aspects right. of the race, which we don't always see. It's like, you need, you have media, that takes time. You have to go make uh, signs and posters. You have to take pictures. You have to go to deep draw. You have to do that, and then you have people telling you, "Oh yeah, continue." And then everyone knows you because they're Swiss. Yeah, I think the worst part and for me was yeah, I was fourth. Never been in that position. And you're in a position where you can do the podium. Yeah. And, right. It's my second walk up season. Who am I to going to do a podium? But then you know it's doable. And on the way up, you know, you take a chairlift. Chairlift is only for athletes and staff. But basically, I was alone on a chairlift trying to listen to my music, usual music, uh, just to get in the zone. And every chairlift that was coming down had someone on them. Yeah. And they're like, allez Tanguy, everyone. <laughs> and I, I couldn't concentrate. There's no, no chance. <laughs> if, you know, if you don't know what it is at Elbodon, no. yeah. you can't even imagine how it feels. Yeah, no, I had, I had a lot of pressure, yeah. for sure. Um, but, but it's actually the best memories. Yeah, it's what no, th that's, that's how you, that's also how you get better, that's how you push yeah. limits and Definitely. that's how you get ready to win, you know, not just medals and trophies, but Olympic medals. <laughs> hopefully. And that's, hopefully, hopefully yeah. that's the goal, yeah. Good, <laughs> I think we can go in into our Insta questions. We got oh, yeah, some. I, have, I have a question for you before that. 
Um, I was wondering, what would you be if you were not an alpine skier? Or what would you do? It's a very good question because I studied in the bank. I know that I can't work in an office uh, five days a week. <laughs> so for sure not to work in an office. <laughs> so to be honest, I don't know. It's like it's something that sometimes I ask myself, but I, I don't know what to answer. It. It's like I, I just know I like sports. I like to be in contact with athletes, so I wouldn't mind working with athletes. And in a way, maybe that's what I will do, as long as it's uh, maybe half part in the office, half part <laughs> outside <laughs> in the field. Right. So it's, it's, it's actually a tough question. Yeah, it is a tough question. What about you? <laughs> um, I, I've always seen myself... I, I think I would have wanted to be um, an astronaut. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, no, I All like right. it. I, I I've always that. enjoyed it. And, and it's tough, you know, you, you have to be sharp, you have to train hard, and you, you might have to be American, too, because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a space program <laughs> in Switzerland. Um, but yeah, no, I, that would have been that would have been a dream when I was younger. That's a pretty good dream. Or is that my head in the clouds, I guess? See, uh, <laughs> see the earth from, from the sky, and yeah. you just see a little ball. Yeah. <laughs> Continuous sunset. So, for the first question, Nutella pure or uh, with butter? <laughs> pure. <laughs> no chance I'm putting butter in that. <laughs> I don't want to become a speed skier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, first, second question. What was the most enjoyable thing when you came to Japan? The most enjoyable thing? Um, definitely not seeing your cut yourself. Um, that Outside was, of that, <laughs> that was not enjoyable. Uh, would not recommend to anyone. I actually thought you were joking initially. You're like, I cut myself. And I was like, yeah, he's making a joke. Because how do you cut yourself with powder skis, right? It's, it's actually a, qu a question. Someone asked how you reacted to my cut when I cut myself. Uh, okay. First answer: <laughs> No problem. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Second: Stay calm. I've seen worse. <laughs> Third: What the heck? Yeah, I was what the heck. <laughs> I was like, no, you cannot. That, this is not an option. We were in the middle of the woods in Japan. It was the last run of our whole trip. Remember nope. that? We had one more after. Second last. All right. Um, good thing, just before we took a picture of the um, emergency. <laughs> the bottom of the gondola was like, oh, we should maybe have the number yeah. of the emergency in case something happened. Um, but, but no, we didn't I, use was, it. I was really surprised. I was, yeah, I was trying to help, but I was also like, be, it might be important to be efficient at this time. Uh, I don't think we lost too much time, but you know, losing blood in the middle of a wood in Japan because we were doing off-piste. Yeah. Uh, no one was gonna come there to help you. And we couldn't even explain to rescue where we were standing. Yeah, they don't speak. We're English. in the middle of the forest. <laughs> that we do. Uh, I'm next to the tree, uh, brown tree there. <laughs> no, so so yeah, no, I was I was like, shit. Uh, that was that was not that was not enjoyable. But the yeah, most but enjoyable, I think, it was definitely the onsens. Yeah, the little, it was pretty good. Really warm bath we, every evening. You know, we had our little routine of going up a rooftop. Uh, it was really cold out, but the water was what 40 degrees. Yeah, we, uh, I we lost a, a bet. Side bet. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a bet on that. Uh, but that was that was very enjoyable. Then I agree with you. So for the fourth questions. How do you do to be intelligent and stupid at the same time? That's uh, that's quite a that's quite a tough um, 
tough skill to have. I think you want to um, pretend like you're smart, but also accept that sometimes you're doing d dumb stuff. Yeah. But also, you're smart enough so that you can do dumb stuff on purpose. Um, but also, the most important in that that area, uh, like subject, is to really not take yourself seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And for the last question, what is your favorite pre-race food? My favorite pre-race food. Um, We've seen some guys eating burger, we've seen guys eating yeah, steak, no. pasta, we've seen everything at World Cup yeah. Tour, I would say. No, I, uh, I was like that, <laughs> as a young gun, maybe, um, but now I, I try to be a little bit more conscious about, you know, not eating anything that's going to make me burp in the middle of my run, because <laughs> that would never be ideal. <laughs> so definitely not recommending McDonald's, although I've heard it's, you know, some people's pre-race routine. Um, I think I think the muesli is definitely the go-to. A little Swiss muesli in the morning really gets you off um, and give you the energy for the day. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> it's always tough when when you have to you know second run you have to go last. It's cool, but you know, it's tough because everyone is going and especially that's one thing I noticed in the World Cup they just take their time. <laughs> and as I want to be at the start, really. You know, minute a couple of minutes before I actually go, I want to go not too early. You know, if I get if I have to go say in Alberta, I have to go 27th down. If I get there and it's the 20th, well, 20th person, so the 10th guy, that's already too early because I have to see six guys, maybe fucking it up, and that will just interfere with my whole thing. So I have to wait a lot of. You know, at the at the lodge. I'm sure at one point in our career, I will see you miss a start one day. And I've I've dreamed about that quite often, actually. <laughs> it's more a nightmare. It's than more like a summer dream. <laughs> yeah, nightmare. nightmare. Nightmare, definitely. It's really stressful. It's really stressful. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah. Sometimes I get a little scared. I might, I might have to, you know, change that. <laughs> we'll see. I just don't hate being at the start and not doing anything. When in Kidsville, it was so warm up there. That's so warm and you're like, I'm just <laughs> melting. <laughs> Plus you have the stress, so you want to pee every two seconds. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's hard. <laughs> tough sport. Very tough, very <laughs> tough. But actually enjoyable. Yeah, oh, tough, yeah. Uh, an enjoyable tough. It, it's uh, when you're starting. Yeah. All before that, it's just uh, not ideal. Yeah. It's even better when you do well. That's that's, that's always helps. The, what is the worst feeling though? When you race, you get at the bottom. You think you did well, <laughs> but you didn't. That, that, that's <laughs> that's one of the worst. When, when you feel like, wow, that was that was one half a run. You see your time, and you see three seconds behind you. Like, all right, maybe not that much actually. Yeah. And, and then you just you just ask yourself questions because you don't know. Actually, you don't know. What you start doubting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, straddling is even better. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to go. <laughs> yeah, good. I think we're at the end for today's episode. Thank you, for Tongi, for taking the time. Thank you, Loïc, for inviting me. And uh, hopefully we'll have one more episode during the winter. Yeah, for with sure. With some more news. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. We have forward. enough time together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> good, and don't forget to follow us on our social media to know more about us and our career. And see you soon for another episode.